You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. And we're back with another podcast. This is John, the Redhead Family Therapy Guy. And a Mike. And we're doing another one. We are. How are you feeling about this one? This one was uh, such a great... I've watched this show a kabazillion times. This is one like we taped off of HBO. And for whatever reason, I loved this movie. And so I watched yeah. it a, a ton. I So I like Indiana Jones. I it, like I haven't seen it as much as other movies. I would say my favorite is still probably Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's probably the one I've seen the most. Um, and so Temple of Doom, I've probably seen the second most. I would say probably number one would be the most. Number two would be the second most. And uh, I don't think the second one really, for me, it's not as nostalgic as the first one. But once again, I wasn't ever a huge Indiana Jones fan. I mean, I, I, I love the ride at Disneyland and uh, I had a whip in a hat or I had like a rope or something as a kid that I run around <laughs> with. Right. You know, so there's nostalgia there. Um, but yeah, this one was interesting. I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. It was I just, fun to I watch. I just love it. I just, well, to me, as I was watching it, it was just like, it's like just pure adventure. I think that that's what I loved about it. I think the other thing I really loved about it is I think I identified with Short Round oh, a yeah. lot, <laughs> a lot because I saw it. Cause I don't even think I remember seeing Raiders of the Lost Ark uh -huh. when Temple of Doom came out. I think I was too young or maybe I didn't see it cause it was like theaters and then we had VHS, but I don't think we had it on VHS. And so I loved Temple of Doom and I love the whole Indiana Jones thing. It was like mysterious and exotic. And I really liked the third one. So I would say like the most nostalgic for me is the second one. I really loved the third one because I was a huge fan of um, Sean Connery. I was a big yeah, Sean the Connery dad. Fan. And so I thought that was like super cool. Um, and I loved the whole, the what's the third one called? Holy Grail? Uh, Crusade. Or the crusade last Cru the last crusade yeah the right? last crusade i think is so the, i love the whole grail thing you know i wasn't religious as a kid but i just loved the whole grail thing sure. I thought that was really interesting i think because it had the throwback of like the knight templar guy just chilling there at the end uh-huh you know and i love the whole like testing we should do that one because i really like that one so so raiders of the lost ark for me actually was i would say is the least favorite of the trilogy because I was, I don't remember seeing it as a little kid. And then I didn't watch it a ton until I was older. I really like it, but um, I must've watched it somewhere in there. Cause I remember being really grossed out by the one guy getting killed by the plane blade. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I remember like, ah, like that was like, ah. the thing about this I, movie is it's, it was almost like horror. It's a really gross movie. Like it's a really gross, like the temple of doom is a really like, it's buggy, definitely interesting. Movie. And I, I feel like as a kid, I, I thought, thought cool. whoa, yeah. And then yeah, as that was an really adult cool. watching it, because I haven't seen it for probably yeah, 10 I years. Or, I've seen it more than that for me. Yeah. Watching it as an adult, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And and even the whole way, like I I, I read that that I think they're both going through divorces, Lucas and Spielberg, or, or they're like having dark time or issues or something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the whole way they portrayed, like the whole relationship thing, it kind of got a little 
like, I was like, what is the point? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Like, let's move on to the adventure. Like, let's get more yeah. into the adventure and less. Yeah, they were into a little caught. Yeah. They were a little caught in the, well, she, she just wasn't, in my opinion, I think as a kid, I don't know how I saw her, but as an adult, I just was horribly annoyed by her the whole time. She was I was like prima Donna. I yeah. just, I really was just annoyed by her. I was annoyed I, with how they, had her like how they that they directed her to act that way <laughs> yeah yeah no it sure but it's like, just the character it I'm just like embracing too the much character. right it was yeah, like it was overboard or, and I or she thought... should have or she should have come along somewhere in there you know what yeah. I mean? at some point in there she should have stopped being the screaming helpless damsel you know what i mean which i didn't she have somewhere where she like punches somebody and kind of takes up some strengths but she really was kind yeah. of a helpless damsel the whole dang movie. and even my like, wife a couple on. times was like what the heck like <laughs> get over it already i don't yeah it seems like she would have like i think it would have been point, different in real life. Yeah, at some point in the journey, <laughs> in the deep heartland of yeah. India, you would have been like, "This is my lot." Just but anyone you, would yeah, grow yeah, and right. experience, right? And like at and some so point, they really played off this like helpless person Damn with so. her. But mm -hmm. I think for me, even growing up, for me, the real adventure, like the part of this movie that I love, is once they get to the palace. Then yeah. you get like this awesome, like the Temple of Doom comes into yeah, play, right? You once get this you, awesome. The rest of the movie, I'm like, oh, I love it. Like, that's what I remember loving about yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Once they get into, once he like takes the statue and does yes. the boob press, yep. from there on yep, is the where it's like, all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it all starts with the boobs. There must be a message there that the real adventure starts <laughs> when you uh fondle a statue and find the secret <laughs> passageway is that is that the message that there's that is there's the a message secret there's a Indiana there's Jones. a there's an adventure <laughs> to be found once you grab the boobs yes find know. the boobs and then and then, commences and then the, the adventure, adventure commences <laughs> with of course the woman will rip out your heart somewhere along the way to be honest, I like that for me is what I remember as a kid. Oh, yeah, as a kid, we were like, oh man, and especially the in the, the in his hand, like the what do you call that? Like the railroad scene. I'm sure there's a term they use a for mine cart, like the mine cart. cart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. And when we were watching it, Heather was That's like, so oh good. man, this is like Donkey Kong. And it reminded <laughs> me of Donkey Kong growing up. How you have, I think it was. I think I remember playing that on the maybe the N64 where you, you have that donkey cart, mine cart, the mine cart. I know of the game. I might have played it at a friend's level. house, but I didn't play it a ton. But yeah, I know it reminded me of the Temple Run video game. But yeah, that's a good one. I I feel like I'm going to have to download like... Temple Run again. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. There's all types of things I want to do after we talk. I'm like, oh, I get real nostalgic. I So for me, I love like Indiana Jones is adventure and and yeah. like i said it's hard for me to get a, a lot of nostalgia just because as a kid i didn't watch a ton of indiana jones oh, like i, I have other movie. things i watch this movie so many times but once the, once they got to the palace like everything came back and i could remember everything before yeah. that i think as a kid like the stuff before that i just probably didn't really care much about maybe yeah yeah but once they got no, to I, totally two, I was like did. oh i totally remember <laughs> everything now no the dinner scene the dinner <laughs> yeah, scene the dinner i had scene. i had totally remembered the dinner whole dinner scene where oh the monkey like brain the yeah yeah and the bug I the guy slurping the, the bug brain. the licking the bug juice out of the thing but so it's an interesting it's an interesting one of the things that i was trying to figure out is 
like what it's a really interesting opening i i thought the opening was just so am i i don't oh yeah I'm remind me remember. what is the opening on this one i can't i, well, I watched it's the, the movie broad it's like little... it's real broadway like it's real broadway oh it's that's real... right they're in and china I wonder, right and, and yeah at, at that because like shanghai or something like that yeah, casino and I just, or something right and i wonder i'm trying to remember if i saw it in the theater because i bet this would have been such a cool movie to see in the theater with that opening scene it's so big and the one of the things my wife said she's like those Asian dancers are all American. <laughs> She's like, well, it, all yeah, American. it felt like it felt like most of the Asian, Asian all people were not Asian. I mean, there were Asians in there, but it, what was interesting to me was like just how they had like that scene. So they have these dancers and they're just dancing like they haven't heard any of these shots or any of this commotion. <laughs> like it, I know that's it's really so interesting. Funny to me. Like, and I was like, what? well, there was, there was something <laughs> like when the guy falls over bleeding where then the chaos ensued, but yeah, like somewhere in there, but I was wondering what the message was with the setup for the film with anything goes. I'm like, Oh, this is really deliberate. Like anything goes like, what is that? What do you I mean? Anything goes like that just was the, whole... the that was the song. Oh, the going song on. was They're anything goes. Anything goes. You know, it was just it was really. Um, yeah, I didn't even notice. I don't. Yeah, and know. so I was like, oh, I'm like that's really deliberate. I'm like that. You know, are they just setting up this idea of chaos or? maybe they're going to descend into this world that is otherworldly you know mm -hmm. what i mean because it's this third third world country like backwoodsy because they're in like the 30s or something right like the 20s or the 30s so it was probably more unruly or kind of the wild well, it, west. it does seem like this group of people and they're trying to like worship a god or something or gods is that is that kind of what the premise of the temple of doom is well i think it I, yeah you know I, I wanted to do some a little bit more like research um because i was trying to get it straight in my head because it was like the ancient temple had been reclaimed by this boy king or something sure like that. and he's obviously the puppet like a shadow puppet yeah. for the dark the dark priest that wants to, you know, is the, sacrifice is to the god of power whatever. by doing this, or is it really just worshiping? I think, I think so. I think I don't know. They don't like in in they don't like give you some narrative of like he's trying to gain power to yeah. then go out and take over the world or anything. Like you know, there's the Nazis of in the third movie or whatever. But um, but yeah, there was I I felt like it was this notion of of power you know, of them claiming the dark arts, so to speak, um, and and kind of descending into that world. Of course, you know, Indiana Jones is functioning to help this town where their sacred stone has been taken. And now yeah. that sacred stone is their protection or mm -hmm. their life force or whatever. And Indiana, Indy knew about the stones and knew that there were more stones. Like I think there's supposed to be seven, but maybe three have been found or something like that. And so, you know, he's been charged with that. And it's interesting that he so willingly goes. Wasn't, was there some pull on them? I guess yeah, it was like for is. glory. It was like, I mean, I guess that's the, the researcher in him wants to find the artifact. I guess that's the, the narrative of Indiana Jones, right? Is that he wants to find these artifacts. Yeah, they kind of um, kind of swayed him, if I remember right. That that that's there the could whole be more. reason he showed up. There yeah, could and, be more. And there, yeah, I I feel like I mean maybe anything goes just applies to kind of this priest where it's like at at all costs, right? I'm I'm going to do whatever to it takes. worship this god, 
And it, it really is. It's like whatever needs to be done, including including controlling a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally like manipulating, manipulating a child. And <laughs> well, the one of the things too that really struck me with this movie somewhere along the way, I'm like the body count in this show. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, it's constant. The, the Indiana Jones movies, uh, the body count is high. I mean, you know, just all these minions, yes. all these Indian minions that will just keep coming. I guess that they're all under the spell of the, the rocking, <laughs> you know, horde of uh, followers that he has or whatever. You know what I mean? From the being possessed by the dark arts or whatever. But, but yeah, the thing as a kid that really, really stood out to me, of course, was the burning heart, you know, that the heart could continue yes. to beat not in his chest. And it's, I remember it being just so gooey. And, and he's still and alive. Gross. Yeah, he's like still alive. Crazy. Faces, I don't think uh, I think that's the probably one of the most prominent scenes in all the Indiana Jones movies that even as an adult I could remember so, without yeah. seeing the movie for years and years, right? It, it just that especially as a kid that probably imprinted on me like what the heck? What is that? <laughs> what is know, going it's on so here? Dark too. Like what again like what are the metaphors in Well, I think being like a, an evil priest has you and he's tearing out your heart and sending you into the fiery pits. For me, it starts even at the beginning. Like, I feel like, so I feel like the whole trend is kind of this dark, or, or I don't know, it's, it seems different to me. And, and I, you know, I remember uh, the uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I feel like, and I'm going to go back to the female character. I feel like in that, she's strong. And she then is. in this one, it's like, it's just a damsel beyond like even it's like a character of it a was damsel. a character yeah well she didn't really grow right like i mean she didn't it really was progress and that for me i think was really bothersome and I, i'm not sure why it bothered me but it i think it was just so distracting to me like it pulled me away from yeah. the movie because it was i feel like it was so exaggerated and yeah, i asked just my wife fable, after just yeah and she's like she, a, yeah she said the same thing character. like what is going on but then it's a throwaway character that they have be a main role and so i think that kind of started it where it's like hey this is definitely different right this is different something's going on and and then it gets really yeah dark right yeah maybe that was one of you know one of the exclamations of 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 lucas and spielberg being like they couldn't have any resolve or progression because they were in this place with females in their life that was all breaking i mean maybe it was just a a metaphor for them and the constant breakup because yeah she she's just well she's just annoying i mean she's just even which is even when like i said like go ahead i'm sorry even when indiana jones and um data what's his name in this round round uh, short, short, short round, round short round, round when round when up. they're in that the trap right where the top the the ceiling's coming down and the spikes are going to kill him and they're saying hey we're gonna die we're gonna she's die, worried about like her nails or something I and i'm just sitting nail. there thinking like no way like it's i remember as a much. kid i remember as a kid thinking it was i mean as a kid i thought it was really funny Sure. I, mean, I remember as a sure. kid thinking it was really funny. And I think the thing that that I didn't know, notice her as much as a kid was because I was so focused on short round. Like for me, this movie was so exciting as a kid because I was a kid. And and that relationship is a really interesting uh, like sur- surrogate father. Um, and, and he sure. does progress. You know, he gains... 
uh, I mean, he essentially like wakes up the 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 boy king by you know, yeah, delivering him out of uh with the fire where he wakes him up from his black death uh-huh. or whatever he's in that the whatever spell's been cast on him with the dark arts or whatever. I do love that <laughs> even in the dinner scene where short round is kind of like hey you know he's just yeah, trying being to be a genuine person yeah. and yeah. then the prince just kind of is like staring off to the side right not even paying anyone attention i mm-hmm. i love kind of how how short round has that effect and i feel like he has you know an effect on on in indiana jones also yeah but well he, he well, has he he kind of draws out of him yeah the fatherly character Mm -hmm. right i mean that notion of protection that notion of short round and you know using him and empowering him to be you know a sidekick uh watching out for him having the paternal kind of protective influence so so that part you know is where i focused and i think when i watched it again i was annoyed by her but i kind of just shut her off and was kind of reliving but once again you really like for me i feel like it's once they get to the palace that it's like yeah. oh awesome and i think that's because the focus isn't so much on her i feel like the yeah. beginning of the movie it's, it's the really kind of yeah focused on her yeah. her and and a possible love story or and like yeah that. and it's just so heavy and then once they go uh, kind of into the temple of doom mm-hmm. then it's less and less although they're still there like when they mention oh there's diamonds in these uh, yeah, she gets all tab- like, what are they called like rock stones in the stones right yeah then she gets all excited and is focused on, and they're like in a life or death situation it's just so exaggerated and that i think as an adult kind of pulled me away and maybe it's because i you know i only have daughters so i'm, I'm thinking my daughters i'm like no right. they would have growth but that sure. really affected me I think for the first part of the movie to the point where I was like, man, what is going on? Like what? And I don't know that it, you know, I think I'm thinking this more. So as I think back now, I don't think I was thinking it in the moment so much. Um, but then, you know, then I feel like, yeah, the, once they got to the palace and in the temple of doom, that was the turning point. And I feel like that became exciting to me. Everything before that was kind of, it felt like Phil or father yeah, it felt, it felt draggy. And I feel like, I feel like, from what I read, like what you're saying earlier, it had to have been influenced with where George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were at, which is such an interesting mental health component of how yeah, much our mental health affects everything what? we do in life, the including our work. And yeah, yeah the story we tell, the arc. <laughs> the... Well, yeah, we project. That's the thing that became more and more uh, clear to me in graduate school we had the person of the therapist training model where we had to kind of look Mm -hmm. inward and identify what our themes of, you know, dysfunction were. Yes. And we had to develop awareness of what kinds of cases and scenarios that dysfunction could come out because we can really be blinded and we can really hedge up the growth of our clients. Like if we haven't grown in an area, we might not be as apt to push a client to grow in an area. Even understanding what, what triggers us, right? What, yeah. what, yeah. what really grabs us. And I think that's important just in general, right? For anyone, whether you're a therapist or not. Oh, absolutely. Well, cause you could be constantly projecting and trying to work mm-hmm. out your crap and you mischaracterize a whole swath of a group of people Yeah, <laughs> because of your bad experience. You know, like if you have an alcoholic parent, for instance, yeah, um, I did, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you just, you just see all people, 
um, of one category having these kinds of limitations or problems because you know well, it's when, like the same you scenario of a person you that feel says, the pain you felt growing up right, at times right it, it, it becomes yeah. real to you yeah it's it's well it's always interesting to me when you have someone come in I'll, you'll have a client or we'll have a client or I've had clients where they'll be like yeah I don't trust anybody and you'll get into their history and you know they'll have one very important relationship that mm-hmm. has deeply betrayed them and it's like you're going to project like you're going to assume that no one else on the planet is trustable because you had this one important figure yeah. you know that when you were 15 and they were 17 and you, you were their close friend or you dated for 2 years and they completely missed you know took advantage of you weren't considerate of you it was like they were a stupid 17 year old you know person and you're going to assume that every man that exists in the universe is, you know, like that because they were like that. It's really fascinating how well, and, pervasive that can be. And I think it be, I think you have a great point there. I think it becomes pervasive because of the story that your mind's developed and mm-hmm. how you're not just your mind, but your central nervous system, your body reacts to anything that reminds you because mm-hmm. it's, it's like we've talked in the past, in the past, the defense in that moment. Yeah. yeah. In that moment, it becomes real danger oh, instead sure. of perceived danger. And so then it creates this, this really this inability to connect or to, to have relationships because the, the, your body and your mind together are convincing you mm-hmm. that this is the same. Well, and isn't it interesting, you know, it's interesting for you to say that phrase, it really jumps out at me, the perceived danger, because like almost all of the danger in all relationships is perceived. Sure. Yeah. I mean, unless you're with a really toxic, violent person, there's almost no real danger. I mean, like they might be upset at you. They might get, you know, be disappointed or overreact and misjudge your intent or character in a situation. But I would it's say still yeah. all perceived. It's in, still all perceived most and, and cases, subjecting yourself yeah. to what their perception is of you instead of you sure. having your own sense of self, you know? And I would say, yeah, the majority, right? We could say that. So even if it's 51% of the time, but the majority are perceived or, or it creates this realness. Even with my wife, there, sure. there's times all the time where my brain and my body are telling me, no, uh, this is going on, even though I know my wife doesn't think that way. But in that moment, it becomes so real that I can't, I can't be in my wife's mind. I can't think, no, she, she doesn't think like, that's crazy to think that way. She doesn't think that way, but in that moment, it's real. Like I'm in the, the bear is right in front of me and I'm going to be attacked. (laughs) The, the, The nervous system in the brain it's really, well, I guess in one respect, you know, we ought to be grateful because, you know, humans are resilient and can survive. And so to me, you know, the brain capabilities that contribute to mental health issue issues also have function to keep humanity alive for a decent amount of time. And so, you know, it is an incredible hindrance, but obviously it has made us deeply well, it's necessary, resilient. right? I think yeah. kind of the idea is balance, right? And that's kind of the life, the kind of the life goal here is how do I have balance so that I can have more connection? Cause really that's what we want is we want to be able to, and, and 
I understand some people <laughs> may be more introverted. It's very tiring to experience that, but we want to have connections with people. We want to be able to talk to people. It, it's really interesting. How my wife and I go on walks and the girls too will go on walks, uh, kind of scattered throughout the day or, or even my neighbors, like I'm always saying, Hey, how's it going? And, and oftentimes I don't get a response back. Right. <laughs> and that's because, you know, we're stuck, right. We're stuck in, in whatever's going on. I'm not saying they're having any major issues. My neighbors or anything, they're just stuck. Like they're in their own thing and, or maybe they're scared to say hi sometimes, you know, and, and scared of, Oh, is this going to create a conversation? I don't really want to talk right now. I just want to get in. Um, but that's, you know, we crave those things, whether we realize it or not, and that creates more comfort and peace. And so I think balance is really always the goal, not, not yeah, looking as, at as best extremes, as but trying to pull it in more to the middle. And you have to, like you said, self-therapist, you have to create an awareness of what's going on. And well, that if you comes... don't, if you don't, you're just going to be constantly playing out your trauma. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just going to, you're going to be vilifying people and overreacting to people of stories that aren't even real. Which, like you're just which living what? in a deluded, yeah. a deluded, uh, mass of, of self-loathing and, and what results and, is pain, yeah. you know, and it's self-inflicted. I mean, I don't mean that yeah. insensitively because, you know, we do have, there's two people in a relationship, Absolutely. but, but, you know, there is a lot of agency and choice in how we react to situations. And I think that what, what's evident in that is this movie with the female character. I feel like, oh, Take some <laughs> but I love the movie. Like I have to say this temple of doom is uh, like, it is my, it's an awesome I really movie. like Raiders of lost Ark for whatever reason well, I wrote, but temple of doom, I love, you know, it just really, like I, I will always remember once they get to the palace. Like that for me the is thing about I remember the rest of the movie. It's awesome. The thing about this movie, there's so many things that are are just wonderful. I mean, it's such a big film. Yeah. There's, I mean, this the shots, like you know what I mean, like the plane montage. Well, I like, think I looked at the budget, and it's like double the budget of the first movie. Like it went from. 10 yeah. or 13 million to like well, 20 a, million to produce it's a it. gorgeous movie i mean just mm -hmm. the different sets like one of the things i loved about this movie as a kid was the plane where they're flying from shanghai and then they end up over <laughs> india like the map the map i will never overlay, forget the map yeah I the map <laughs> overlay with the thing i just love that i love maps i was realizing that we watched we were watching lord of the rings last night Oh, but yeah, we started a Lord of the Rings trilogy. I watched the old and do we haven't done the old animated Hobbit. We've got, yeah, I saw that. you watching that. I think you, oh, you had, or was that, that what you were watching? Were you watching yes. the Hobbit cartoon? Yes. It's a little bit. It's I was like, John's watching it again. I watch, I watch, I struggle with that one. That we, is, we definitely have to do it and talk dude, about it. <laughs> it is my mo it is literally a lullaby. It is a lullaby. To it me. is musical for sure. Oh, it's so, I love <laughs> the music. All right. Anyway. So, um, that, but one of the things in the Lord of the Rings, we were watching the extended version and I love like the whole map. They show like the map yeah. and the opening and, and where Frodo's like talking voiceover. Well, even, even if location. you get I love maps, if you get like the, the stormlight archive books, like the actual oh. books, they have cool maps in them. And that's why I got I the hard copy because I, you know, you and I listen to books way more. I used yeah. to read a lot more, especially no, in, in grad school and undergrad, but 
Um, but yeah, listening, but I, with those books, I was like, I have to get the hard copy because I want to see, I want to be able to see the maps and look at mm-hmm. them. And, and it is, it's really fun when you have a world to go like a visual world yeah. to go with the story. So this movie is just so visually exciting. And again, like the thing that really struck me after watching ET, um, which is our next one. And, and this like, man the sound quality oh john williams is, so is amazing good. well you know one of the other things that's so satisfying about watching this movie when they were in the adventure part after they descend into the depths and witness yeah. you know the awfulness of human sacrifice um and you know you've got the kids all under the spell and they're in slavery but the the thing that's so uh, that's so that's so satisfying is when he punches somebody. That smack sound yeah. that is nothing like what a person <laughs> sounds like when they get punched is just so satisfying. Like I just loved it. Like it was like I loved it when he punched somebody. It's like whack, whack. I feel like, like there's just, certain sounds, yeah, profound that are sound like, quality. There's certain sounds that. Are I feel like are unique to Indiana Jones, or maybe not unique, yeah. not the right word, but they're no, I remember no, that's them right. From no, Indiana yeah. Jones, yeah, like no, that smack punch, the sound. punch, yeah, the fighting sounds, yeah, oh. are just so satisfying. The Foley people like knocked it out of the park for sure on this. <laughs> the Foley art folks that you know did this movie, um, but yeah, that opening scene there were so many weird and strange things I was watching, like too, like that. I think that you know from our t- point of view, like the crazed man with the machine gun. You know, they like skewer somebody with the flaming like meat. Well, I have questions for you about the opening scene. So you have this, you have the, what's that called? The lazy Susan. Is that what they're called? The little things that you spin around on the table. The diamond around and the poison and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So they have this and there's this, so there's this whole like story here of, I, you know, I, I want the diamond. Oh, no, but he, I've done a service for you or something, right? No, he, I've had done the, a- he had the little statue. He got the little statue. It's yeah. like an urn. It's an urn of some form. So what does he want the diamond for? Like, what's like I think the that deal- was payment. I think it was just payment for him getting... He wanted this rare diamond, and that was what he was exchanging. See, I don't remember that about Emperor's Indiana Jones. Is he, is he all about... like? I, I remember Indiana Jones being a professor, right, and a teacher, and he's an archaeologist. But in that situation, it just seems like he's like uh, f- for hire guy, almost like a mercenary, well, think, but for no, archaeology think, stuff. Yeah, I think there's a part of him that, you know, th- there's this sense of preservation of history. But I think there's and, – and I think that's maybe the arc of Indy – um over the stories at least through the third one i don't know about the fourth and fifth and all that kind of stuff but but at least for the first the first three mm-hmm. you know there definitely is an aspect of of the persona of a professor where they want to be known to publish or known to yeah. find some rare incredible artifact and so i think you know i think indie sites are set on being the guy that finds some and has some incredible artifact and maybe train trading this uh, urn of ashes of this emperor and getting the diamond is, you know, means to an end for the next adventure, you know, maybe the diamond. Is that like how archaeologists work nowadays? I just kind of, I don't know. I think I always assumed archaeologists were like funded by like museums or well, yeah. But if they're not, they have governments. Well, they yeah, they are. But if they aren't, they aren't right. And so I I wonder if it's just like 
he wants to fund whatever other things he wants to be able to chase down. But yeah, I think I, I don't know that world, but my, I would imagine was, you have to have a stakeholder that's, you know, got disposable resources and they're fine to kind of front you. Was the whole purpose of the opening scene really that Shanghai experience? Was that really just to introduce the female character then? Cause I didn't really like what, why did, why did we need? I think that that's why I was asking thing. about the message of anything goes. Cause it was like, okay. that to me, it was like, that had to be, cause I was trying to uh, kind of think about the same thing. Like what, where are we jumping off from? Yeah. And I don't think I, I don't think I remembered enough from how Raiders had ended to know yeah, if there I was a connection. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't remember if there was a connection of where they were starting off from. So it just seemed like Indy had, yeah, it seemed like the what I took from it was okay. So there's this notion of anything goes, like, because he is, and I mean, because it's interesting. Like, Indy doesn't have any. I mean, he's just this college professor, but he doesn't have any problem killing people. You know, <laughs> he just mows people down. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, of course, it's typically in self defense. He's not like just some guy going out and killing people, but but like he's not bothered about it. You know, and like his sidekick is you know dies in the opening part of the movie where he gets shot you know and he's putting himself in danger so i guess it's this notion of like and she says it really deliberately like oh you're for glory and wealth and fame you know mm -hmm. like that's what you're about which you know indy's character really does have an arc in this movie where he surrenders that for the village for the sake of the village you know sure he brings back i mean he's a savior to the village he he liberates their children yeah and it starts from, raining like yeah and like well right? even once you get back to the town it's like it's it's like when you get there in the opening it's like this depressed third yes. world nightmare but even when they're coming back with the children like it's it's lively again when they show up yeah. you know before the children kind of all show up so so you know indy indy has a wonderful arc in this story descending into darkness confronting i mean he becomes possessed right i mean he becomes yeah uh they 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 possess him with the dark blood and you know they torture him you know he's kind yeah of who a, breaks him of that is it short round um, short rounds, yeah. I mean, and that's part like of like he pushes them, right? Pushes yeah, short round, and yeah, I think he doesn't. He flame them. He burns them, right? Doesn't he? Oh, he that's right. Yeah, he and so he's like he's totally like beating the crap out of him or being rough with him, and short rounds able to kind of get through to him. So you know, short rounds the other hero of this movie because he helps the hero. Yeah, you know? and and that's out of this paternal need. You know, like he needs indeed to be okay which is why I, I this is why i love this movie because like i said i really identified with short round and his growth and you know how he's like this little ninja master you know the one scene he i, I was real shocked i'm like yeah this like nine-year-old boy i mean he's young he's taking out and, everyone and, he, and he's like and he seriously is working his karate moves like on he everybody. does something like at one spinning scene. backgrounds he's like yeah. doing spinning back kicks and like board lunges and these he does like you know these at one Indian scene where he, are just he falling like all over kicks one guy and the guy ends up knocking like four other guys over and then they don't get back up and i i know as a kid like yeah i was like oh Oh, this the you know he's awesome um as an adult yeah. i'm looking at these i'm like oh <laughs> just you know some of the cheesiness of well that's because it's just an adventure movie it I is mean, it's fun that's one of the things that spielberg did a great job <laughs> is he just made these adventure movies and and this is the thing though but this is like a, a continuing uh, thing that i'm noticing with 90s and 80s movies that's wonderful that we've lost in a lot of movies now it's like everything is trying to be so real now yeah. it's like 
Look, Indiana Jones isn't trying to be real. It's not trying yeah. to be real. It's it's an adventure. Well, I mean, there's like, no way. The, I mean, the mine cart, like you know, montage. does the jump. Yeah, yeah. it's like and it's not ridiculous. only that, it's like the raft it's... falling out of the airplane <laughs> at the most... beginning of the movie. <laughs> the you're ridiculous. just sitting there and you're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah they like jump. Happening. He's like, jump on the raft, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm like, this is so ridiculous. But at that point, like, once they started, like you know parachuting out of this blown you know this with the raft yeah with the raft i was like this is sitting on it not holding it right yeah like yeah like yeah like it's ridiculous (laughs) like i just was like this is great like i totally bought in like i bought in and you just go along with it because it's fun like it's like it's a fun adventure and it's like i feel like there's an aspect of that that's really been lost in movies nowadays like you know it's not trying to be real it's indiana jones man like it's a fun adventure i mean that's what it is i mean like at the end of the day it's an adventure movie it's not trying to be real it's 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 a one you see that fun story in our culture also you know i i know that with the newer star wars movies one complaint i had from a lot of friends was you know well that that can't happen you know, like the bombing scene in episode eight, the one yeah. comment I had from a lot of friends was, you know, this idea of, well, how, like, why were the bombs just falling right. on? And I'm like, I don't like, I don't even think about it. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. I actually did think about that during the movie, but, but yeah, but it's like, we've got, but it, we have to have and it. You have so lightsabers, real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's like, it's like a conversation that needs to happen nowadays. Cause sure. I think there's a whole genre of movies that aren't being made and there's something that's being lost in the movies. And part of the reason why too, like they have to be socially, socially, culturally accurate or like, you know, people have to be represented, which I appreciate, you know, and I, I think can be honored, but it can also like it's just a movie like it's just a, it's just play like it's just fantasy it's just a story and stories absolutely you know i love stories well, and i they- wonder if it kind of caters to i wonder if it caters to maybe movies back then were just made to be made and maybe i don't i think that's still true but i think maybe more movies now at least movies that we recognize or maybe you and i see in, from our lens would be catered more to can we make everyone happy instead of yeah. focused on can i tell a, a story. Fun story that yeah, I that's a great tell. point you know yeah. i don't know if that's true but it seems yeah, like, yeah well it's like a trend well, well you if you want to make a lot of movie if you want to make a lot of money you have to make a story like for instance sure. i i remember seeing hearing some of the the discussion about top gun it's like well top gun's not going to do great internationally because it's an american movie like it's you know it celebrates american military and like China's probably not going to, Top Gun's probably not going to do great in China. You know what I mean? Sure. And so it's like, there's a lot of movies that are being made for those international audiences. And so the stories do have to kind of generalize. And so, yeah, there's not as much um, uniqueness uh, in movies. There's not throwaway movies, right? Like there's not as many throwaway movies. Like now they're going on to Netflix and stuff, but they're not coming to the theaters, you know? Well, and something that's interesting, there is a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. So even with Top Gun, you know, it's it it's 885 million. It's made worldwide. 47% of that is international. 
And I think that's pretty good, but you you know, it may not do good in China, which is a big box office draw. Oh yeah. I like think there's, movies, there's been cater... movies that have done incredibly well. Like, well, for yeah. instance, like the Godzilla movies almost do crap here, but the Godzilla movies, I, I think well, over Transformers Asia. was yeah, exactly. one that was a huge, like the, huge. what was it? The, the fifth Transformers or six, it didn't, it, it made so much money internationally and China was a huge contributor to that. And that's Mm -hmm. an interesting point that you bring up is that, yeah, movies seem to cater maybe to, to this global market, which is fine. That's great. More people can enjoy them. There's just going to be more, but then maybe it draws, yeah, it draws some of the, the things out of it that maybe make movies more unique or something. I don't know if if we're saying the right things here, but yeah, yeah, there is something there that less, well, less, less artsy maybe, or, you know, I'm, I'm sure those movies are still being made, but, well, but anyway, even, even like, you know, as a kid, it was funny, you know, with the whole, like the, the female arc. And even now, like when I watched it the other night, I laughed a little bit, but then it's like, not as funny to me as an adult. <laughs> My girls were laughing. <laughs> they thought it was really funny. So I think, I think there is something to that too, where, where you know it probably depends on the demographic that has the most money right so there's mm-hmm. there's usually age ranges right and, and 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 you can look at that there's trends and so maybe movies are catered more to that i don't know i i feel like indiana jones i don't know as a kid i loved it and so maybe so i didn't watch it a ton but but i feel like maybe Maybe they just don't make, or maybe I don't watch movies that are catered. I don't know. Was Indiana Jones really tailored towards kids or was it just tailored towards? Well, everyone? Temple of Doom sure was. Yeah, I mean, all of like the movies are pretty dark. I mean, the first Although when I was a kid, I watched all type. I mean, movies. <laughs> well, that's it's again, PG, this is, you know. <laughs> well, this actually, the Temple of Doom was the first ever PG-13 movie. I thought it was Red I Dawn, but Temple of Doom was PG. No, it's PG thirteen. It was the first ever PG thirteen movie. I thought it was. I thought it was Red Dawn, but it was actually Temple of Doom because he rips out his heart. Crazy. So they made an exception because if they had made it an R movie, he, they wouldn't have made as much money. They all know this. R rated movies don't make as much money as PG movies. So because, where do you where do you find like I'm looking? Uh, that's on what I came Amazon across. and it says PG. Oh really? Well, I read an article that said it was the first PG thirteen movie. So I wonder if it was PG thirteen at some point. I think it. I mean, I'd have to just Google it. I don't. But Let's I see. could be wrong. But that's what I. I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, IMD, IMDb has it has it as PG. I bet it's been. It could have been PG thirteen at some point. But it's yeah. interesting because as a kid, I watched all types of stuff. Like we <laughs> watched yeah. Terminator 2 all the time and Predator yeah. and Command, like a lot of Arnie moves. It's just really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I'm making sense, but it is interesting. Your point too, it does seem like just the fantasy or the the fantastic, I think I used that word before. I don't know that it's actually a word. Fantastical part of movies isn't as prevalent now um, as it used to be. You were asking about the, um, you were asking about like the, the lore. And one of the lines I wrote down was, um, we follow the footsteps of the Shiva. So I wanted to look up what that was. Yeah. When do they say that? Is that in the temple? Of I think Doom? that's, I think that's like at the dinner scene. Yeah. Is they, it... they talk about that. Cause so what's cause... a Shiva? Shiva's probably know? the God with all the hands. Oh yeah. Is that the God they're worshiping? 
Yeah, because they're like they're oh, walking, it is. they You're follow right. in the footsteps of Shiva. Because because Indiana one of the Jones, main deities of Hinduism, whom Shivites, I think that's how you say it, worship as the supreme god. Among his common epithets are Shambhu, Shan- Shankara, Mahesha. So it is a god. Shiva and his family at the burning ground. So yeah. So, because that's one of the things that comes up in that scene where, you know, Indy asks a hard question about like the dark, you know, sword past or something. And yeah. And the boy king's like, we don't have anything to do with that here. Oh, I do remember that. that. Yeah. Because the, the, the leader of the village, right, was concerned about that. And, and that's where kind of that, that premise came for, from Indy to question. Yeah. I didn't understand too. There's some also some political, you know, vibe because there's one of the British folks at the dinner that's come to visit, I guess, because India was a colony of the UK, I guess in the twenties, maybe. And so, cause they're also a part of who saves Indiana Jones at the end, you know, after he, well, <laughs> the it, bridge is, scene. it is like a restored palace now, right? It was, kind of vacant and now there's this restoration of power so i wonder if yeah the if maybe if that's why the England british sent there. over yeah, yeah they're like oh maybe they're becoming too powerful or what's going yeah. on or to develop to a relationship possibly or if yeah. they did control Keep it I, don't, in check. I don't know what years india was a colony, Under colony yeah i don't the, know when that was but that i think yeah maybe all those and it could be all those together right as yeah. to why the british were there and so, yeah, there, it's interesting. Um, I feel like there's probably, I feel like anytime you get Lucas and Spielberg together, there's probably a lot there and there's a lot of reasons for the, the, the things going on. Um, but for me, I feel like Indiana Jones is all about the adventure, right? <laughs> so I don't notice a lot of things. Um, even with this movie, I think the thing that jumped out to me, which was just blatantly obvious, was the whole female thing. The other things, like you've mentioned, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, well, even if we say like it's an adventure, but an adventure to what end? I guess for are we saying that Indy was an adventure? I always think of just a enter- for my own entertainment is what I think <laughs> when, you know, when it comes to they these things, it's hard for me to so think I deeper. could have an adventure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, like I said, I mean, for me, the thing that was no, so, so nostalgic was cause I definitely connected with short round and this idea that I could do something too. I could help as well because short round does really kind of save Indian wake him, which is yeah. kind of an interesting well, metaphor, he, he right? The hero, you, right. He's, he's the reason indy even survives and can do what he does well and that's a really interesting metaphor right because you have essentially that indy is awoke from the darkness Mm -hmm. the dark sleep because of a child right it's like the child mind is like plastic enough or pliable enough that it could see through and it also had hope you know it's the child that didn't give up on indy when I feel you like know. oftentimes he uh, uh, short round is aware of things that Indiana Jones isn't right. And trying kind of drawing that wasn't there something in even like the crushing scene we're talking about where the spikes are coming down from the ceiling and from the ground. I feel like short round says something. I feel like he's kind of the, the conscience. It's like, the excuse me. Yeah. Cricket. Like, yeah. He's like the stable 
character throughout the movie um it's kind of you know what it reminds me of big trouble little china mm. where you have <laughs> you have uh, uh jack right is that right jack oh shoot what is what is his name you're talking about um, Kurt Russell? jack burton yeah, yeah jack sure. burton right yeah. So you have Jack, who's kind of all over this place, this like hero that's not really the hero. The real hero <laughs> is his friend. What was his friend's name in that? I can't think the of the Asian guy. Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember. It, it, it's kind of like that movie. And they're around the same time period. I, I Maybe even the same. Yeah. Were they both like 85 or 86, maybe? But you have this, you have this like hero character who really. I feel like the real hero is probably the sidekick character, right? And mm -hmm. it's a really interesting thing where for a short round, I agree with you 100%. As a kid, you're like, holy cow. And even as an adult, I'm looking at this little boy, right? Who kind of is the, like you said, the conscience or the steady, like the steady, steady person. Through, yeah, yeah, The exactly. one kind of wiggling through everything. Just like Jack's friend in in big troll little china where it's so fun right indiana jones oh, is yeah. fun jack burden is so much fun yeah, but the yeah. real kind of silent hero are and it's funny enough they're both asian right one's an asian yeah. young boy and one's an asian well they're older yeah, they've got this they've got this capability right there's this acts this aspect of of um asian cultures of yeah like, which i love intuitive, it's so interesting like intuitiveness or wisdom or persistence like there's this real notion of persistence yeah like steadiness i feel like diligence yeah. maybe yeah it's like, absolutely yeah. for sure right like they'll just work themselves to death it seems and like. i mean we are I, I mean i've i've not ever integrated myself within within the asian culture to <laughs> this is kind of my view of what it out. is yeah uh, um, i you know i you did. know what's fascinating is um is short round the actor he did this he did goonies yeah. and then he did nothing until just recently i know he's so he's done everything everywhere all at once i'm pretty I'm sure he's to go see always that movie. been in the industry just behind the cameras uh, i don't know if he has i, th I, I think he i, I think look. he has been like behind the cameras but then yeah he just recently Stars. was in the movie that movie i haven't seen it yet but it's like the the i think the female from uh i just, Hidden I just Dragon. said it what's that called i'm trying to tell you i just said it everything everywhere all at once yeah and, and but mm. i'm I'm talking about the movie that the main lady is in uh um, oh, crouching tiger hidden yeah Dragon. crouching tiger hidden Dragon. we've got to do that that's one of my most favorite movies too yeah he hasn't done anything like he took a break um, and really didn't do anything from 87 to, I guess he's done a couple little things. Yeah, he's done some little things, but I think he was working behind the scenes. Well, I'm looking at his IDB, IMDB and it doesn't have much. Well, no, it wouldn't be because I think he was like a, like a writer. Shoot, I remember reading this somewhere. No, oh, yeah, not, not anything that would get him credits. It was something, something with, oh, I can't remember now like camera maybe or it was something just behind the scenes okay uh, like that maybe the tech part i can't remember um i saw that or read it somewhere and who knows if that's true right i don't i don't think it was like in an interview of him and him saying it himself he I, actually I did no he actually did as a kid train in taekwondo that's cool like he literally had skills like he had uh, yeah and, and that's it's crazy right because he really wasn't and is uh, actually you know what's funny is his brother is the one that 
um, auditioned for the role, but they got, but he got it. He was oh, how it. funny. Is his brother in anything? I don't, it doesn't say his brother's name here. It just says that oh, his okay. brother was the one that auditioned. And then of course he did, he did Goonies, but then he didn't do anything. Like he didn't do any starring roles. Yeah. He, he was a big uh, Jackie Chan fan. Is it, I don't know. I, it's interesting. But I'm really excited because I've heard a lot of good things about that that other movie that he's in, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, I, I've heard I really it's really uh, interesting it. too. I, I've not seen it I don't yet. know if it's still in the theater. I, I, I knew there was another movie that I was, I was wanting to go see. I know that one's out, but... Um, so yeah, it, it's a perplexing movie. I mean, it's definitely an adventure, like you said. I mean, the story moves, moves along really quick. I mean, it's like, you know, like within a week from when they parachuted in their raft to when he returns with the liberated children you know yes um, we didn't talk at all about the scene um from the bridge the bridge scene at where, the end yeah uh-huh. I, one of the things i was really sh- struck by was just the deep insanity and darkness of the evil priest guy mm-hmm. you know that he's he's happy to just push his own men off the ladder into the crocodile or whatever to try to knock Indy down. It was just so diabolical. I'm like, what in the well, world? Well, we have to just mention real quick, if we're talking about like death, right? There's the, you have these scenes of just these alligators tearing flesh. <laughs> they were hungry. It just yeah, continues were- the trend, right? It's really, really, I mean, it's not super graphic, but it is. No, pretty- like as you watch it, it's real implied, you know, you yes. see them rolling there's like some fabric. <laughs> But you don't see like a hand or like yeah. I think I saw. I think I saw some. Like maybe you saw some flesh just once or something. Yeah, but it's not graphic. Just like like the. the, uh, So then, yeah. So what were you gonna say about the scene, or what was your? I don't know. I just we hadn't talked about it because it's just a it's a fascinating scenario where you know Indy is like caught in the middle of the bridge with the minions coming from both sides, and he's all like, yeah. You know, and he pulls out the knife and then they, they they walk out, you know, short round and the girl like walk out. And, yeah. And why do they like, walk out again? Are they forced oh, no, out? The, yeah. The pre, like the. He's on priest. that side. Yeah. Right? Cause he's like, uh, I think he, catch, well, he catches on. Way. He catches on to what he's about to do. And so he okay. takes the girl and short round out. So he won't do it. Yeah. But then Indy's all like grab onto something like he says it in, you know, Mandarin or whatever. And he's like, lady, you're going to want to hold on. We're going for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) And so he does this kind of like, he's willing to sacrifice himself and others for the right. The, the. Well, yeah, he doesn't want him to have the stones. Well, he doesn't want him to have the power to do whatever he's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which And he wants the children to be able to not get abducting like i think that's what he does right he does it for the betterment of the children i think yeah he definitely wants this i mean they're all the children before even even like risking these historical artifacts are not as important to him as as being able to stop what's going on with because the guy makes some comment about like that's just three there's two more you know i'll find them go ahead and throw them or go ahead and and be fed to the alligators. I'll go poach all those alligators and get those stones back. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. You know what I mean? But two of them are lost. I mean, he just is able to grab yeah, the they one fall guy down. grabs the one. He's able to catch the one, you know, to restore it. But, but then that guy's dead anyways. But I mean, yeah, I he guess gets someone crocodiles. else could find him, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, I guess they could be recoverable because they ended up in the water. But he at least got rid of the priest, he which did. was the... Mola Ram. Mola was Ram. Priest, Mola Ram was the priest's name. 
Yeah, I don't with the ending scene, I just always remember I remember Indy cutting and then and then you know the whole thing with the priest trying to take Indiana Jones's heart. Yeah, like in that moment, he's like, cover your heart, Indy. <laughs> which is interesting, which is really a profoundly intense metaphor for me that like evil can possess your heart, you know, that it can tear out your heart, you know. You could that it can pull out your heart and you could still live. I mean, isn't that true? I mean, don't tons of people lose their heart to darkness and dark things? You know? Well, I think trauma and fear do do that also, right? Where your ability to connect and to feel is, you know, anything but that pain and that fear is really gone, right? And, and from you, yeah. And yeah, and it feels, I think, like you've been robbed and, and, and really kind of part of that journey back is understanding, you know, that I still have control. I still have agency. That's really an important part of recovery through, through trauma, right? Especially if there's been um, someone who's been sexually traumatized. Yeah. And, and so I think that it, yeah, it is really interesting, not only with evil, but I think with fear and trauma and hurt uh we feel a sense of we don't have control or we we lose that ability to control when when in actuality it's still there it's just that trauma and hurt and pain needs to be healed and dealt with so that we can see that we have that ability to move forward which is interesting because it's it's interesting one of the things that's happening in the bridge scene is it's kind of all out in the open Mm-hmm. You know, the priest is working his dark arts in like the basement. Yeah, it's not in the, the temple anymore. Yeah, and now yeah. it's out in the open. It's being exposed. India is exposing it for all the world to see, which you've got like the British, you know, soldiers that come in um, that really help. With the yeah, end. that start just yeah. shooting. Yeah, they just, <laughs> just start killing everyone. Yeah, just indiscriminately <laughs> just doing what the, what colony colonies have done or nations that have colonies just indiscriminately killing everyone shooting everyone um it's really interesting so yeah that's there's a lot of powerful metaphors with the darkness of the temple of doom yeah um and and kind of uh bringing to light shining light on and and that and i think that that's a really important metaphor it's it seems like something that's so lost or diluted in you know in the i don't know it's a kind of weird word to use but like the orgy of information to like find to find through, to find our way through it to what is true. But, you know, the only thing that can deliver us from the madness is trying to get a handle on what is real and what is true and kind of bringing it to light, you know, which is one of the things I think that's happening at the end of this movie, like we've said, um, you know, so that you can kind of reclaim the things that well, I think allow it's... you to have center or grounding or, you know, the rock is this kind of metaphor of, something that is well i think that's part of the control right to where where they they control the prince or they control indiana jones i think that oftentimes in life our environment we don't realize how much our environment can Can control us us, yeah or or shade us or color us or and even even to go a step further our perception of our environment right right or because it's shaded in the context environment it's our perception too right shaded in the context of our maturation or development we've been talking about right Mm -hmm. and how important it is to expose yourself to different ideas or get out into the world 
world and experience the world and and take a, a view or seek well, to it, understand it what people are driven by yeah because there's a fear right of of differentness and and you know it it, it it kind of shuts us off from connecting with others just because someone has a different opinion or different idea. And we can all have our own opinions and ideas and, 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 and still be able to, to connect. And, and well, we need and, to, I mean, to me, we need to, we need to not get trapped in a dogmatic system, but instead examine the individual truths of i mean because we all need a culture well, to grow from yeah and i think and, to do that we have to have that balance right we have to work constantly on having that balance so that we're not stuck in the fear or the flight that we can't hear what someone is saying um, or share yeah. because you know that fear really keeps uh it, it closes our ears and it makes it harder for our, our heart to be open and to hear and really come together. I, you know, I think yeah. as a therapist, that's something that we really have to work on and be trained to do is just to be present and be there in a non-judgmental way to where we can hear what's going on and really understand their perspective, even if it's different than ours. And we sure. develop a relationship with that person to where they trust and connect. And I do too, even if their viewpoint's different, I'm able to connect with them. And I think that that's something you know, it's easier for me to do in my work role setting because I know that's like what I'm doing. What, yeah, and I struggle at do. times outside of work to do that. I, I think I, I, tr you know, I think my personality is I try to do that pretty good, but, uh, you know, I still struggle outside the, or even inside, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, and of course our work environment is very monolithic. Like, I mean, it's very same, you know, it's not like we're having, I mean, we got some uniqueness, but there's a lot of people that are deep within the same world that we're in. So, yeah, I, I tend to feel that that was maybe more true 10 to 15 years ago than it is now for me, at least, um, you know, with the one population that I see the most, yeah, they're usually kind of in the same boat. Um, but then, but then the other part of our job, I feel like I, I've been getting a lot of variety and, and it's interesting, uh, just in my experience, kind of the things that, that I've heard and seen, but, but anyways, I'm getting off track. I, I think, yeah, it, it definitely can, can be that way at times, especially depending on what type of agency you work for, you know, right. certain, certain agencies only serve certain populations or demographics, but uh, to that, based on need of, you know, whatever the grant funder is or insurance covers. And to the, to the point though, that's one of the things that the Indi the Indiana Jones movies at least attempt to bring you is yeah. they take you to this other world. You know, I mean, the first one is the, the Israel world, right? Like that part of the uh -huh. world. And then this one, it's, you know, you start in China and end up in India. And then uh, the I third one. I remember where the third one's at. Yeah, is that with the Germans? Yeah, there's a part of it that's got to be in Germany, right? Like, because it goes. Yeah, to I think the third one the is. Because they're like burning books. Oh, no, no, stuff. no. The first one, the Germans are trying to. Get, get the the uh arc, tablets the, yeah, the, the covenant. covenant yeah but it's still i imagine in that part of the world though right 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it, yeah, I think so. Man, I haven't seen the first one. In so well, that's a theme that's in all three movies, right? Yeah, is there it is. Are these artifacts that give um, regular people supernatural power yes. over other people, right? Yes. I mean, the Ark and the Covenant is being sought to have power. The stones and this priest is, you know, cascaded a, a dream state, a dark dream state over mm-hmm. a whole group of people. And the Holy Grail's, you know, point is, you know, to be able to have everlasting life. Yes. <laughs> the third one, the like the Knight Templar guy's like, he chose poorly after his face like melts to nothingness. This is I do remember that scene. The yes. chalice <laughs> of a this is the chalice of a king. And he's all like, he chose poorly. <laughs> because his face melts off. Yeah, I think you know, the three I can remember bits and pieces, especially when you bring things up. The fourth one, I think the that's the newest one, right? With the Wasn't there guy, the kid from Transformers. I don't know. Is there a fifth one? There could be. Isn't there I don't know. I lost one? track after three. I think they're making another one too. They well, are the one of them is one. like the crystal skull thing. Which yeah, is, is like, that the fourth like, one? Turns out to be aliens, but I don't know. I feel like there might be like two. There could be. Know. There very well could be. We uh were. <laughs> We don't know. I, don't anyone know. listening, tell us, inform yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah any, it, was, uh, it was definitely a fun movie to yeah, watch. And it is a great show. It is nostalgic. Um, it's not. So Indiana, like I said in the beginning, Indiana Jones is not one that I watched a ton growing up. Um, like other movies, especially the one we're going to talk about next. I watched a lot as a kid. And so it's really nostalgic. Um but uh, but it's still I love, like I said, I still had a whip. I still wore a hat. Well, not a real whip, but I, you know, even I, when I would go to to Disneyland as a kid, I always wanted the Indiana Jones stuff, um, I, um, or Star Wars stuff. <laughs> I tried, I tried the hat, but it didn't. I couldn't pull it off. I didn't have the persona to rock Indy's hat. As a kid, but... I had just a cheap hat it might have even been plastic it might have actually been just one of those plastic cowboy hats remember those yeah i may have had one of those his his, uh his whip skills are no joke though oh yeah they're legit i mean i always you know he's always like he's always getting himself out of trouble with that thing yeah always swinging from somewhere and i'm thinking that might have been hard you know, I kind of wonder, is that how it works in real life or is this I don't just movie so. magic? I don't think so. I don't think you could whip that thing around enough to then jump and swing and then get it undone. Yeah, I love like how I he think, undoes it, but just, just like super a flick easy. of his wrist. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe it works that way. I don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, to be weight bearing, I would think it would have to overlap, really right? Like yeah, a couple would, of times. Yeah, you'd have to overlap it across but you'd have to like overlap and cross the I whip. think so i think and so. i would think unhooking that would be really really tough. impossible but i don't know i've never i'm not a whip you'd have for, to have some i'm not whip, a whip expert a whipologist a whip skills a whipologist <laughs> i'm not a whipologist but i am not either <laughs> but again but again this is okay because it's movie magic oh it's, it's what allowed, makes it so fun it's allowed to be fun it's allowed well, the to be, whole the raft falling out of the the plane it's just ridiculous but it's what makes it so fun and even 
Yeah, they go when from sledding. The- they go from sledding to whitewater <laughs> to rafting. To a river. Yep. <laughs> Incredible. Good job, but Steven. But I love the background, like when they're on the snow going down the mountain, and you can tell it's it's not really silly <laughs> fake. Wasn't there wasn't there a part two beautiful. when when they it. were when they were doing the car scene where he's groping her to try to get the uh, the antidote? Because she grabs it and sticks her dress, which I don't understand too. I'm like, like, lady, why would you not give him the? Answer? I know some of the like stuff's he's just dying. So, like, it's I like think they're dying. saying a lot about kind of their view on women like of in women, and that's yeah. yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> they're just gold diggers because she just wanted diamonds, yep. didn't care about his life. And then the one thing you need in life, she's gonna hold soul. from you just just out of spite or whatever. Like it felt really, yeah, it felt pretty strong. And then the gaminess that that. <laughs> They they were all playing with each other. I would have been the best crusader, uh, yeah. best adventure you would have ever had, or something. And I'm like, the whole when I've they get to the a... palace and the whole drama with them doing what they're doing and him just going to the other room and like pow, that was just that was and a little too like, much. Then, but then they have the secret out. assassin, which is cool, right? Yeah, that's where I get drawn back cool. in. He just peers yeah. out of the wall, and then he finds the. And he gets well, and he gets kind of strangely killed. It's like it's like the ceiling fan was a little bit more diabolical than ceiling fans are. I think it's like it would have fallen out of the the wall. It's like I'm like I don't know because it's it's kind of like strong fan, and and it's like it's kind of like it's done where it would have actually probably taken him another seven minutes to die hanging there, but it kind of is instantaneously. I guess the power of the ceiling fan cracks his cracks his neck. And then he goes and seduces the rock. Woman. I'm not a whipologist, so I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to get an expert whipologist yeah. here to help us. I think, understand. isn't that what he used? Or no, did he use a string? I can't remember now. Or a blanket? Was Oh, was it the sheet? It wasn't. It was the sheet. That's, that's sheet. right. I think it was a sheet. And then I'm not a sheetologist, so I don't know. Well, that... what about the guy? What happened? What did the guy get pulled into the rock smasher? That was a horrifying death. Oh, that was probably the growth. Like that for me, even though you don't really see it. You don't see it. You just you see, see the blood, blood stain. But that for me was this the cringiest part of the movie. Because he also it kind of feels bad. He's just trying to beat up the guy, but then the guy gets his legs like tore yeah. up. And that's the that's the guy. Was that and the they guy show that was him slowly the, going in? Yeah, right? like getting a, uh-huh. But isn't that the guy that was like whipping children? So if anybody deserves, he was to the be bad. Squished, yeah, he was the bad bad guy. He was whipping yeah. defenseless children, so he can yeah. die by a smashing. <laughs> guess so rock or whatever it is the bulldozer <laughs> what, uh, whatever they want to do i just I'm but yeah he got caught right didn't something get pulled around his feet and then it ended up and indy even like tries to help him yeah for a second. And he's like sorry dude you're done yeah he tries to help him and i think a short second. round even has something to do with that where he like they try to remember. put something in yeah. there to stop it or something yeah like i think that. short round is trying to help which is big because short round has been a slave for like the last little bit right wasn't not he... not sure oh, no, no, the, the prince you're talking about the prince i don't know if you're talking about the prince. no short round gets enslaved at one point i can't remember when though in the movie now remember he's shackled oh, up oh, and he has that's, to get himself well, oh that's moved. how he wakes up indy though right because he's all like wake up indy and he grabs the thing so yeah he's also been kind of put into slave status but he's yeah. there somehow when indy's about to get but Indy's a support. Is was Indy getting put into the thing to get descended into the pit, and Short Round does it? Is that all come to fruition there, or was he just? Helping no, I don't him? think Indiana Jones ever gets in the thing. Just the female character gets in the thing. 
female. and she gets lowered down. The girl. Yeah. Oh, she's about, that, about like, to be sacrificed. Yeah. Oh, and he's yeah. putting her in it. That's what he it is. was. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's putting her. He's and then, under... and then short round wakes him up, and then he kind of plays along for a second. Yeah, and then she goes and up and down, up and down, and up and down, and up and down. That's right. Yeah. Oh, because <laughs> that's the other guy. That his body gets stuck in the descending pole thing. Yes. That's a pretty horrific one, too. Yes. There's some, yeah, it's a pretty gnarly, owie movie. It's got a lot. It's got a lot. But what I I wouldn't expect anything less. It's Spielberg and Lucas, and I feel like that's, uh, you're going to get. It's yes. it does. But it's a gorgeous movie. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a great visually one. amazing. I think the sounds incredible. I mean, I come can't on. Speak, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I can't like, speak I mean, much for the fourth one, but I definitely would say the first three you have. I mean, if you haven't yeah. seen Indiana Jones one, two, three, you have Please. to watch them. They're yeah, they're great. They're amazing. They're amazing. Thanks, right. everyone. <laughs> Been a good time. Adios, amigos. Yeah.